All right, we are live with a rock star professional. So get ready to be inspired and take new actions to achieve new results. Our guest today is a highly acclaimed bestseller of the book, Get a Vision and Live It. And he teaches how to change your attitude to align with your vision, allowing you to go beyond what you currently think is possible to achieve increased motivation, vision, clarity, better relationships, and success at work and in life in general. Uh, so I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Larry Olson. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Kenny, and thank you for for those of you that are that are tuning into this, taking your time and making this uh, making this important to you, we'll do everything we can to exceed your expectations. So we've got a lot of great content, and let's set the stage by just talking about what would be the benefit of someone kind of listening on, and and what could they gain from tuning into our session with Larry Olson. Well, my my approach in uh, in my work, and I've been <clears throat> developed my own business over 26 years ago, is based on neuropsychology. And it's not enough for anybody to glaze their eyes over or not to understand. It's enough to overcome our own skepticism as to what's possible for us. We are programmed, as most of you are aware, through all the experiences that we've had in our lives. And those are programmed for a very important reason. And that is not to inflict harm on ourselves the next time the opportunity presents itself. And a lot of that's based on the amygdala, the reptilian brain, which is the fight, flight, freeze, which if you think about it, is all designed to make sure that we survive, we evolve, we continue to have the opportunity to wake up in the morning. And since we're not in a primitive society anymore, we don't really think about the programming side of it. We understand if we're out in the jungle and we hear the straw break and then we don't, that doesn't draw our attention, we can be consumed by some predator. But now that we're sophisticated, any event that takes place in our life, someone's saying, I can't believe you did that to, wow, that was one of the most important things that I've ever heard. Whatever, whether it's positive or negative, it gets stored neurologically in the cell of our brain. And since we're not born with attitudes, attitudes are learned behaviors, um, research shows that genetics plays into about 18% of who we are. The rest is learned behavior. And my education is all about the other 82%, mm. that which we have control over. So <clears throat> whenever something, <clears throat> excuse me, since attitudes are learned behaviors and we're not born with them, but just to give you an idea how massive they are, and think about this. Kenny, what percentage of our performance do you think is based on this attitude or learned behavior? I'm going to, I'm just going to guess 80%. 80%. You're only 20 off. Okay. So you, you got a great grade on that one. It's actually 100%. Attitude doesn't kind of affect performance, it dominates, and it's stored subconsciously. So most people aren't aware like 95% that they have the attitude. They're just aware of the results they're getting. And so a lot of times we try to adjust the result or the behavior instead of looking back, peeling the onion and going, where'd that come from? And it comes from attitude. And by the time a child's 10 years of age, they, over, they have over 100,000 of them. So imagine how many you have now and recognize 
that most of us are reactive through the day. Something happens, how do we handle it? We basically go, have ever seen anything like this before? What's this possibly leading me towards? Will, be this, will this be good or bad? And we react the way we've always reacted, hoping for different results. And we all know that trap, don't we? Mm. Continue to do what you're doing, expecting different results. So, and so go ahead. I was going to say, I could even think of, you know, certain times in my life when I went through maybe a situation and maybe it punched me in the gut and, and it had an impact on how I showed up from that point. Um, exactly. Housing market 2008. <laughs> yeah, right. oh. yeah. That was an oops for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I bought, I bought my house like at the, perfect wrong time <laughs> and, and i i got stuck in it and because of that situation it just made me reluctant to to take similar actions you bet you bet and i see that happen not only in in my life but also in the professional world and some some of the people that i connect with they got hurt in the past and now it's affecting their present and their future you bet you bet and think about this too people develop an attitude about what they're capable of. You know, whether you got picked first or last when you were growing up and they were picking teams, you know, you got an attitude about your athleticism, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you had attitudes about your academics if you were around a group of individuals that were looking at that as being nerdy. And so we, we begin to ask ourselves, what's effective and what isn't effective and how I show up and what we should be asking ourselves is, how do I want to show up? And that's where we get into vision because you can't change an attitude. You can't get rid of it. And so what we teach people how to do is since it's a learned behavior, we teach them how it was formed to begin with and then how to create a new one. So the next time the opportunity presents itself, we react accordingly, not as we have in the past. And great example of that is all of us have a concept of punctuality. For, for, you know, would you agree? Yes, I would you, you tend to see some people consistently just, oh, that traffic got you again. <laughs> so watch how quick this takes place. Most people, they only have to see someone late once. And then they, they because they work so hard to get there on time or they were brought up and punctuality was not something you messed with, whatever the case may be, or they valued it somebody shows up late, we start to get an attitude. Now, this is not something that we go, you know what, every time I see this person, I'm going to look at them as late. But what takes place is that we don't have to think about it. Our brain is so far evolved to make sure that we have as little to do with it as possible relative to staying safe. Well, as we develop awareness, we begin to recognize that maybe I can intercede a little bit here. Maybe I can have something to say about what takes place. But check this out, Kenny. You know someone's not punctual. What happens when they turn up on time? Somebody gets sarcastic. Right. Would your watch break or what? You follow me? Yeah. Even though, mm -hmm. now think about this, everybody. Even though you just witnessed punctuality, it didn't change your mind because you already got an attitude about that person. Now, if they show up constantly on time, then you'll ultimately begin to recognize that maybe I need to change my mind. 
But this is what's so fascinating about our own ability to maintain sanity, which is our currently dominant self-image of how we see world, how we see the world, mm -hmm. is we'd rather be right than successful. Mm. Think about the last argument you got into. <laughs> what were you trying to prove? That's probably something very silly. I've got two young boys, <laughs> six and nine. It's probably something with them. <laughs> now this works this way. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Probably yeah, something it, funny. It, yeah, exactly. So when you take when you get into leadership, it doesn't take leaders long to now know what people are capable of. And all you got to do is, is is anyone who's listening to this and has the opportunity to be involved with other human beings recognizes that they already have opinions of you and what you can do and can't do. But it's not as strong as the opinion you hold of yourself of what you can do and can't do. And if you don't know the neurology of how we think and how thinking affects performance, you get caught up into this. And that is 99% of people think about what's ever on their mind and less than 1% know how they think. Hmm. And when you know how you think, you can change all those attitudes. You can watch your performance begin to accelerate and you're not blown away by it. You don't have a great week and then take the rest of the week off because you've already or month off because you've already made your numbers or whatever the accomplishment was you wanted. Now you get to rest. If your vision is big enough, that's only a piece of the action of what's possible. And that continues to keep us motivated and thriving and moving forward. I, I love having the awareness of what's going on in your mind. Because we can get so caught up in just doing that we could easily lose track of, you know, what are those thoughts? Some people yeah. hold a lot of stress and, and negative energy and sometimes could be pushing their team away or dampering or hindering results because they have frustrations going on and they're not even realizing it. Um, so I could see how, you know, really being purposeful on energizing your vision so that you have a better sense of, are you in alignment? could be really powerful. Yep, absolutely. And is, does your vision drive you? And this is really important too. What type of, how are you motivating yourself? Not how are you being motivated? How are you motivating yourself? And most people are motivating, motivating themselves based on fear. And that doesn't mean that you're going to lose your job or you're going to lose your spouse or you're going to lose whatever. It simply means fear, when you really think about it, is based on losing something. Like the only reason you want to be on time to the meeting is so you're not disrespecting those that, you know, took the, took the uh, initiative to be on time. You're doing things to avoid some sort of loss. And that is generally how people see you. That's motivated by fear. And the challenge with that, guess how much of what we're capable of, we're able to realize whenever we're motivating ourselves from fear. And today, 90% of corporations in, in the United States, let's not look at the world, are being motivated by fear. And it's very subtle. And... Any idea what percentage of your performance you're going to realize being motivated by fear? Probably, I, I was going to guess 20, but then maybe it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Less than 10%. Less than 10%. This is, this is why 
this education is so valuable in an organization is because organizations are comparing themselves to other organizations who are motivating the same way. And so that becomes the bar. But when you're motivated from value, when you can't wait to get up in the morning, when you're looking forward, just think of the concept. You see somebody is having a great Wednesday and lots of bad things are happening, but they know their vacation starts on Friday. How are they feeling on Wednesday? You know, they're pumped. Right. When you go, why are you in such a good mood? They don't go, I've been looking backward lately. They go, I've been looking forward too. Now that's where we're getting into vision. And vision, or goal, vision and goals are as different as night and day. I can see that it's it may not have a direct correlation, but just, for example, with football, right? If, okay. If football, you see a team and then something happens, it spooks the team. They, they kind of lose their traction and they get into a fear mo mode and they start just screwing up. And you can just see it like, oh, that yeah. team's just, they lost their edge. But if, if they're playing for a cause or for you know a lost coach or something like that, the different energy they're coming into that game with, uh, the drive, the motivation, it's it's a different it's a different game. They're just showing up completely yeah. differently. I see that's that could be and really powerful. Yeah, because yeah. that's a great example because now they're playing for something bigger than self. And, and that's really where we get the ultimate outcomes is when an organization has such a sense of purpose, has articulated the vision, let everybody participate in it so people know how they're going to get what they want by the company getting what it wants. That's what engagement is all about. And that's, that's where you've got a group of people with a waiting line of individuals wanting to come to work for your company because, you know, I want to be a part of that. If people are making a contribution and we feel good about that, don't we? Like you said, you know, if we're playing for the coach that, you know, hopefully we liked the coach. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, we'll do things beyond what we really think we're capable of. And that's the point is what we think we're capable of becomes our own little ceiling. And we live within it until a situation occurs or something happens, you know, someone says, if you don't go on a diet, you'll die. All of a sudden the person becomes interested in what they're eating and exercise. Well, why weren't they before? And, and sometimes people have to have some confrontation before they, you know, if you keep behaving like this, you're not going to be coming back tomorrow. And if they get more specific to, to share with you what behave like this is. Now that might not be a great presentation, but it may have gotten your attention. And if you were looking for a reason to leave anyway, well, there you go. Right. If you're looking for a reason to grow, well, there you go. And the one thing we can't control, Kenny, as you know, is how people present themselves to us. What we have control over is what we do about how people present themselves to us. How do we talk to ourselves about that. That's where the control and the power comes from. Uh, I was just thinking about, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? I have, yes. So there, my, my wife was checking it out this weekend. It's it's a hilarious movie, but <laughs> the just the the guy who kind of goes into the meeting with the bobs and he's, he's just saying, you know, I'm about as motivated just to do just enough not to get fired. He's lacking the motivation. He actually yes. gets promoted for that, but that's probably not a good example. 
<laughs> no, but, but, but it, it is. It is a great example. So, so some here's a, the challenge that I see. I've, okay. I've connecting with business owners, and a lot of the times they have in their mind a vision, and maybe they went through an exercise and wrote maybe a vision statement once upon a time, and sure. then they have this team, and they're like, my team isn't quite like they don't get it, and maybe I told them, but they're really not energized or motivated by it. And quite frankly, I don't even get it either. That's, that's not my focus. How can you, how can you amplify that vision to where it's, it's really getting traction and, and getting people to, to see it and get motivated. How, I know that's your kind of like some of your secret sauce, which is covered in your book, but that's okay. Um, I would, I, I want to kind of get some of that, some of that so we could, we could share. And um, obviously if you're tuning in, um, let's talk about that book title real quick, just to plug it in the middle of this session. And if, if people are interested in, in learning more about it, where they could go, and then we'll get it back into the topic. So the name of the book um, and where they could get. The <clears throat> name of the book is Get a Vision and Live It. And you can go to aperneo.com, which is A-P-E-R-N-E-O. Um, <clears throat> doing an audible, just finished an audible and it'll be out in Kindle. But at this point, you can get it at apernio.com. Down the road, you can you can go to Amazon. Um, anyway, the um, the question you asked was about the fact that maybe the leader has a vision and can't seem to get the people excited about it, or leader might not even be excited about it because sometimes they'll bring consultants in, spend a hundred thousand dollars, get this great vision that goes in a drawer and nobody looks at it anymore. Right. So let me ask you this, Kenny. Um, what are you most motivated about doing something you want to do or doing something you have to do? Uh, <laughs> something I, I want to do. Um, <laughs> it's usually the, the thing answer. that motivates me. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the answer is, is the vision first off has to be, now this is the ultimate and this is, this is what the work that I do. And I'm not saying I'm the ultimate. I'm just saying that this is the approach is you've so got to get Larry. everybody. <laughs> Being so modest, you are the ultimate, Larry. <laughs> you've got to get everybody involved in the creation of the vision. And uh, I do a day and a half workshop where you you find out why you have an organizational life to, to get begin with. Why do we exist? And you can't be the only one who knows it. Now that works out pretty good when you got three to ten to twenty people. But as you start to expand beyond that. You look at Pepsi, for instance, you know, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, it's a whole different process, but they still have to be ignited by the vision. And that element of helping people begin to articulate what the ideal organization would be like within the parameters of the fact that we sell tires or that we are neurologists, whatever it is we're doing, we're doing it so that that can be magnified tenfold. One of the concepts in the education is how to do twice what you're doing now and half the time with twice the fun. Mm. And most people don't think they can do that, or obviously they would be. <laughs> and that's the beginning is you've got to be able to understand what it takes to pull it off to be able to allow yourself to believe in it. It can't just be this pie in the sky kind of a thing. You know, we, we, we love to have vision. We love to use our imagination, but there's also a pragmatic practical side of us, which is how do I do that? 
But the challenge I, I ask people to face is we're not going to get into the how yet, because this is what's so amazing about our brain. It doesn't need to know how, it just needs to know what. And you know, with that popular book of Simon Sinek's, uh, Start With Why, mm -hmm. you know, he really did a great job of explaining to people that that question has to be answered. And we sure asked it a lot when we were little, didn't we? Why? 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 I'm sure your kids asked, why? Why? Well, they want to know or they can't participate other than, okay, dad, I'll show up to the car, but I'm not going to enjoy the trip because I don't want to go to Wonder World. But we got great tickets done. We've got a great buy. It, it, you follow it me? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, I'm just thinking of, you know, some of the, I'm a business advisor, growth coach, and okay. I'm connected with different people. And sometimes they're my clients and sometimes they're not. But a lot of the times you, you'll see people running into a, a mental block of what they believe is possible you bet. or that, or they're getting caught up on, like you said, the details of the how they know they want to build this, but they can't see how to get there. So then it's preventing them from taking the steps just to get Absolutely. in action. And what if they have an ad attitude about the how? A negative one. I don't like doing that. That right. means now I can't accomplish it. No, it just means that that how doesn't work for you. Mm. You know, we'll come up with one that will, but we won't. If you know, a great example is if the vision is to get to Seattle and you got people coming to work that want to be in Florida. I, I don't care how great your how is or what the best way to get there is. Right. Right. It's not going to get me where I want to go. So you can't be afraid of finding out what your people want. I think there's a great fear that that might not be in alignment with what we're doing as a company. Well, you'd better take a look at your recruiting process if that's the case. <laughs> people should have a pretty clear idea what they're getting into. So for those, and so some people haven't taken the time to really explore and kind of go through the development of their vision and really given it enough time besides, well, we had to fill it out for our business plan or we, we put something on our website cause the website guy wanted something on there. But for, for those who, who said, Oh, you know, we've, we've kind of worked through developing a vision that we're really aligned with, but we really don't have a good way of getting people to, to get in, uh, to re remind them and motivate them with it. Yeah. Um, what might be something they, they might want to consider? Yeah, easy little exercise is, is first off, just as you said, Kenny, never assume your people understand the vision. Even if you think they understand, it's, it's a great opportunity to sit the group down and say, hey, let's talk, let's start listing some values that you would receive should we be able to accomplish this? Or should we get our vision? And now remember, we're not talking about goals. Goal is when you decide to have a party at your house on Saturday, that's a goal. But then when you start talking about it, you know who we're gonna invite? Uh, what food do we wanna cook? Or maybe we want them to bring their own favorite dish. You know, who, are, who and, and what kind of ambiance do we want? Do we, what kind of music do we want to play? As we start to get into this now, guess what we're creating? We're starting to create what? The vision. 
we start to see it. We start to hear it. We start to feel it. We taste those barbecued ribs. We start to experience it. Now, in order to pull that off, now we have a bunch of goals that we need to accomplish. Somebody's got to get the groceries. Somebody's got to pick the music. Follow me? Yeah. But, and but if you let people that are, that are helping you create the party be involved in that, you don't have to force anybody to go to the store to get the groceries. Everybody wants to. And that is a real small example of what I do with organizations. And what I ask leaders right now who are listening to this is find an hour's time to just sit the group down and say, you know what? You know, I, I, I generally take a lot for granted. And one of those things are that all of us recognize how important it is going to be for us to pull our vision off. But you know what? I haven't really asked the question, you know, how would you, Sally, how would you value from that? And whatever she says, write it down. And then, John, you know, what would be better in your life if we were able to pull this off? Now, if these people can't come up with any answers, you got you have you better read look the vision because it hasn't hasn't taken any over. The other thing I challenge people is if leadership creates the vision, they will get less than 50% of what they would if they brought their people into the creation of it. That makes sense. Uh, I will, I'll share. You know, recently I was chatting with a, a gentleman who he runs a, a tattoo. Uh, studio cool and um he he had mentioned like he was having trouble with his team and they were kind of like getting a little bit disengaged mm -hmm. and what we discovered is the pandemic and the challenges with the pandemic kind of put him into a fear mindset mm -hmm. and he changed how he was communicating with his team wow. rather than let's do this guys more like do this guys <laughs> yeah. and yeah. that started getting a different result isn't that crazy you know from do this guys to how do you think we could pull this off guys <sighs> who cares if it's your way you know most leaders need to get over themselves like and, I, and that doesn't mean they're not amazing that doesn't mean they're not intelligent attractive charming what it means is, is that it's not about you anyway. It's about your people. And, and everybody's heard that to nauseam. And yet when they learn how to behave that way, and those of you out there who do recognize the results are outstanding. You're not having issues trying to find people that would rather, you know, they're making more money on unemployment than they would perhaps working for you. Well, people will work less for something that's going to help them achieve something greater. But yet when it's just about the buck and you don't have the magic in what you're attempting to accomplish as a company, and I don't care what you're selling, right? If you're selling washers, for instance, not washing machines, but washers for nuts and bolts, you know, you got to be get people that can't wait to sell another washer. But why would they want to? If there's not a bigger vision of what we can accomplish by providing people with the opportunity to fill in that gap and have a good connection. Larry, I think it's really powerful and I really love your passion and enthusiasm because it rubs off. And <laughs> I, I know as, as people are tuning in, if, if they're trying to get their team to, to 
get excited. Perhaps they need to get excited. Yeah, yeah. And, and isn't that the work you do, Kenny? I mean, you you help those leaders get excited again. I help right? help help them with amplifying and, and getting the systems and strategies in place. Right. And sometimes that fresh perspective can be, you know, people get tunnel vision and, and they could yeah. only see so far and they start yeah. getting blind sides and, and bottlenecks they're not even realizing. And so oh. stepping and there's back. Nobody, there's nobody's fault in that. There's no blame in that. It's just like, okay, what do we want? All right. Can we all accept that what we've been doing isn't getting us what we want? Okay, perfect. That's a great way to start. <laughs> now let's start asking each other, what do you think we could be doing? You know, and I, I, I really ha have set a, a group of rules that we've got to play with before we even start these kind of brainstorming sessions. And one of them is there's no bad ideas. And, and the other thing is no matter whether it's been said before, write it down. Because, mm. Kenny, if you say we ought to do that purple and I go, we ought to do that purple. And then a couple minutes later, John goes, we ought to do purple. And I go, we already got purple up here. Come on. Just because we went through school that was a little bit pointing the finger and putting people in corners and all of those kind of things doesn't mean we have to continue to behave like that. It's programmed in us. Yes, it is. It's much easier to get in someone's face in a negative fashion than a positive one, but you're not nearly going to get the results or the line of people wanting to come and play with you. So whether it's getting your own motivation for your business or your life or your teams or getting more efficiency and accelerating um, people's development, spending the time to step back and look at your vision Fan the flame on it. Feed the fire. Yeah, it's totally fun. valuable. Absolutely. So, so Larry, if, if people are intrigued, um, we talked about it a little bit before. If, if they want to learn a little bit more about you and in your business and your book, where can they go and what's the best thing to do? Um, they, they need to go to a Pernio. Pernio is a name that I came up with several years ago. And it's a hybrid of two terms, the aperture of the camera is how the image gets in. And Neil in Latin is new. Apernio is new perspective. It's, a, it's not having to change who you are. It's looking at things differently. So what I like to share is you begin to look at the same differently. You, you start getting excited about getting up in the morning. How come? Because I get to do all of these things. And those things will help me get closer to vision. Now, this is another thing about the brain. And, and my, I have an achievement acceleration company. And what that means is, is goals generally are out in the future and you have to wait for them to happen. Vision, you live as though it's happening right now. So if I see myself as slumped over and someone whose back is starting to hurt, how do I behave? If I start to talk about sitting upright and erect, I have to follow that. And we do. We follow what's going on in our mind. The question is, do you want to keep following that? Mm. Is it going to get you what you want? So go to Apernio. You'll find all kinds of information. Um, Kenny, I'm so grateful that you gave me the opportunity to, to pontificate a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your, your great questions. Appreciate having you on and contributing. 
If you're tuning in now and you have additional questions, feel free to chat them in if you're catching the replay in the comments. And we will scrape those. And we do look to have those answered at a future point. Um, Larry, I really do appreciate, again, your passion and energy. And uh, excited to get a copy of the book myself. I I know that for me, it's we, we have a vision. But just like anything else, if you're not constantly looking at it out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. it's it's really important. And this was inspiring for me to take a step back and just re refuel my vision and make sure that I'm showing up, going all in, playing all out. So all thank right. you. You're welcome. You know, and and this may be after the recording, but how old are your children? Uh six and nine. Okay. I got you're gonna love this, all right. Do all you right. tuck them in at night? Um yes. Okay, so just before they fall asleep, ask them, what were you most proud of today? Mm. First time I did this with my kids, they go, why do you want to know? Because <laughs> I hadn't done it. But let them think about what they were most proud of, because this is how you build esteem. And then when they tell you, Kenny, ask some questions about it. If they go, well, I, I, I got a goal today when we were playing soccer. How'd that make you feel? Because what's happening neurologically is you're taking the dendrites in the brain and you're connecting them in a pattern and you're starting to create this image and vision. And your child is now learning how to focus on what went right in my day. And then just before they fall asleep, say, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? You do this pattern and pretty soon, guess what they're going to be doing during the day? Things that when dad asked me tonight, what was I most proud of today, I can share it with him. And if we had more time, I would share some phenomenal results of that. But I just want to give you that little gift. It'll change your relationship with your children. Super cool. Thank you so much. That is a great, excellent gift. Um, I've got into the habit of asking, what are you grateful for? Oh, beautiful. I do like like the, what are you proud of? Because... You can be grateful for things, but then having some pride about your your personal development and then asking those other questions. I, I really am a fan. Uh, Larry, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to connecting again in the future. We're wrapping up. Thank you for tuning in to Growth Amplifiers, and we'll catch you on the rerun. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.